in school, we're conditioned to be followers. That, in fact, for 18 years, we're expected to be a role character in another story. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right, welcome back to the Wayfinder Show, Adam. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's it's the heat is in full force here in South Carolina, but but things are good. How are you yeah. doing? I'm all right, man. You you signed up for that heat, though. You is it I is did. it better, worse, or as expected? Definitely not as bad as you know. Like I don't know, maybe I just thought the worst or you know people talk about it like it's the end of the world so to be honest with you it's not as bad as as yeah. i was expecting but it's i mean it's hot <laughs> sure sure and i see uh willow ash you got a new hat yes sir nice. i got some hats a little while back business going well there it's going well yeah uh yeah. i think like we talked about before i'm kind of like still in the mode of tearing down some the way the previous owner was doing some things operationally and kind of building them up my own way so we're kind of in the transitional period but things are things are good man but good. enough about me yeah yeah we got a great guest today you want to intro yeah you know speaking of building up uh we, we we got somebody who who builds up men here uh he's we, you know we're we're both dads so we love to ha talk about this topic we've had a few guests on in the past about here and we got uh a gentleman who's an expert in this area his name is uh thomas fanner uh did i pronounce that right Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Fanner, who has an organization called Dads Who Lead. And uh, I heard Thomas, I think we both know him through Emerge that we're a part of that mastermind, but I've also listened to a few podcasts of his. I'm like, this is a good subject for our pod. And we had to, we had to get our, our listeners to, to hear what he's got to say. Um, so Thomas, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on the show. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. yeah. So Thomas, why don't we start with your origin story? How did you uh Ooh. how did you go about uh what led you, I guess, to to dad to lead? <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great question. Uh I became a dad when I was 18 years old. It happened a lot faster than I expected. And being a father has been from the jump in my journey as a man, uh part of the process. It's like, all right, well, there's somebody that's counting on me. Let's raise the temperature and raise the performance. Uh, so as, as being a dad that was young, uh, you know, being in a relationship for probably not the right reasons as a high schooler, uh, I'm, I'm not with Charles' mom, but I've since, you know, remarried. May and I have been married for 10 years and we've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old daughter. Um, so that's been great. Um, but really dads who lead came to be uh, not because I was an amazing dad, but because I struggled uh, with my son as, as he got it to be a teenager. Uh, he was living with me full time. And 
I had been, you know, doing the things, coaching his team, taking him on campouts, involved with his school, all the, you know, I, I, th- I thought I thought I was checking the boxes. And yeah. one day in uh, January of 2022, he said, Dad, I'm done. I want to go move in with mom. I'm out. And his mom lived across the state and we're in Oregon. So it's not like on the East Coast. If you go for like across state, like a short drive. No, it's it was yeah. a, three hour, Island, a, so. a three hour drive. Okay. <laughs> so here I was, I already started to do some father and son retreats and my own son walked out of my life. Wow. And I had to reflect on what I needed because I, I knew that he needed me in his life to yeah. elevate to the person that he needed to be. And I, you know, I had family members that like, oh, you, you're a great dad. You did what you could, you know, the, like all the narratives of like, well, that, you know, it's not your problem anymore. You know, he, he's got to be able to just figure it out on his own. If he's going to, you know, it is what it is. I, and it just wasn't sitting with me. I needed to find a way to reach him. I needed to find a way to, to change what, and it wasn't going to happen through changing Charles because he was across the state, right? I had to uh, work on myself and my own leadership and those principles of, I'll just go through it, ownership, connection, respect, and expectation. Those are the pillars in, in Dad to Lead. Um, focusing on those from my own end is what allowed now Charles and I are closer to ever. We, we're going to be competing in the same wrestling tournament here in a few weeks. Um, so we, um, yeah, it, it transformed my life. And, and through that process, I also helped other dads go through it through one-on-one and group coaching. And it's a powerful experience to be able to shift how we lead from the inside out, as opposed to, all right, I need to fix my kid. We, We focus on like dads who are willing to take ownership over the results that they get. Okay. It, I, I want to back up a little bit before that. So I don't miss it when we get yeah. back to where you're at. Uh, you said ownership, connection, respect. And what was that last one? Expectation. Expectation. So uh, backing up, I just want to, first of all, I want to commend you uh, at 18 to become a dad and be that involved and do like what any dad at any age would probably think would be checking off the boxes just to have that awareness and, and the willingness to do it is, I think, commendable. I don't know what your upbringing or background was like, but I, like where I live, being 18, you you might be a little old already by then to be a dad. So, so uh, and you weren't showing up like that, you know what I'm saying, in my community. So I, I commend you, you know, for being you. around and all that. So uh, having said that, I, I'm curious, so you, you mentioned the four pillars, ownership, connection, respect, and expectation. Can you go into those a little bit? Mm, Yes. So really the base, it's actually, it's a pyramid, right? So the base is ownership. So nothing else works if we don't have ownership over our own results. Because what, what I was finding with my son, I would feel like, oh, I'm doing everything I can. If I got to the space where I said, I'm doing everything I can, then he would be in the same space, right? Oh, I'm doing everything I can. And now there's a block from us moving forward. So there's a lot of things that happen with ownership. And and I see a lot of folks hear these principles and they, they think, ah, yeah, I respect my kids. Yeah. My kids respect me. That's good. It's a box that's checked. But as soon as we have that mindset of respect, I got that. It's good. Check. 
ownership. I got, I take ownership. Check. It's good. That's when we're no, we think we're the master when really there's always more to grow. It's like an attribute, like speed, like I'm fast enough. Well, how fast do you need to be? Depends on the race. I have enough endurance. Well, how much endurance do you need? How much ownership do you need? How much respect do you need? Um, so that just kind of drop into that first one. Ownership is, is the one that's the most critical because without owning our results, we're not going to be able to make the impact uh, or adjustments from our own end that, that we need. So a question for you, Thomas, if you don't mind yeah. going, going back, just maybe even a little further. So you were at a place where you were struggling to get through to your child, you decided that yes. that you needed to become a better leader. Now you have these four pillars in this program, but how did, like, where did you start? Like, how did, did you just start reading a lot of books or how did you go from, I don't know what the hell to do to, to, uh, to get on, start moving towards where you're at? Yeah. I recall knowing, like, just, just having this empty feeling of like my son was gone and I didn't have a way to, to reach him when he, like he, when he wasn't answering my phone calls, wasn't responding to texts. If I was asking him to do things, he would do the opposite. And I had to, you know, I, I was into personal development. I was reading, you know, never split the difference and like negotiating things and uh, extreme ownership by Jocko and all these things to, that it was like, oh, I feel like I'm doing all. I feel like I should be right there. I feel like I would be en- good enough to be able to deal with the situation. But it was a deeper skill set. I, I hired a coach myself. Okay. Uh, and so that was one of the big steps was uh, he helped me. His name is Mike Liguori. He helped me see some of the blocks within myself and the patterns uh, within my family lineage that I hadn't recognized before. Hmm. And so like rec- starting to recognize these patterns within myself and within my own father, I was able to see like, okay, this is the spot. I didn't see it before, but now because somebody else has shown me where I am like running up against a wall, I can see, I can see what's happening more clearly. Got it. So through... Um, coaching with him is that how you kind of started to develop the pillars really just just focusing on areas that you were seeing blocks and and realizing that you needed to focus more yeah so through through that time you know there was a period where i was really exploring who is what is the dad what does it look like to be the dad and then then there was this whole thing of communication and i felt i realized that i was a really good action taker. I was a teacher for seven years. So that was the other piece of this was um, I spent seven years in the schools working with middle high school kids every day, talking to them. Like I've seen if there's a, a style of kid I've seen, you know, from that time, you go seeing hundreds of kids. Um, so I had to look at myself and say, okay, what is it that I need to change to be able to improve my communication? Because the communication that I needed to be an effective teacher was very different than the communication that I needed to be an effective father. And biggest thing that I see as a challenge for dads 
when they're a leader in a, a company and when they're a leader on a sports team, when they're a leader anywhere else in life, we're always conditioned that we're on the same path. We're doing the same thing. Everybody is contributing to making a common goal happen. And fatherhood is completely opposite. We're all going in our own directions and growing and writing our own path. So as opposed to helping someone who's on the same path as us, we have to learn how to help someone that's on a different path. We have to understand their path, that we have to help them understand where they're going. We have to understand what challenges they're going through if we're going to effectively guide them. But if we're guiding them to where we want, they're not going to give a shit. Mm. So that was one of the big shifts that happened for me was realizing that leading a family and not just a family like, hey, this is my home. We need to get these tasks done. But each of us has our individual targets that we're moving towards. Leading them in that arena is so different than leading any other arena in yeah. life. That makes sense. So, so is, in my understanding, you're saying instead of being kind of treating it like a dictatorship, like I'm the dad, do this, you're more of in a in, in a support role. And, and, and part of that is to, to lead by example, I assume. Oh, yes. Yeah. Leading by example is huge. I mean, that's, it's a big part of where I, like my wife, still runs half marathons. I'm still competing in jujitsu tournaments because we don't want to just tell our kids to do sports. We want to be like, Oh yeah, sports. That's, that's just what we do. That's part of what everybody does. We want to create that normalcy and it's like, what you're going to be the one person in the whole family that doesn't have a sport. You know, like, no, they want to have it. So yeah. Ownership and leading by example are absolutely it makes such a big difference because what I was doing before I was trying to push my son into Mm -hmm. doing certain things. And when I let go of the rope and say, okay, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on myself and I'm going to know what's happening with you. I'm going to keep an open line of communication and I'm going to ask you questions that are going to help you think about where you're going now we can start to kind of have a relationship of I, I'm mentoring, I'm guiding you from a distance. I talk about the ship sometime, like he's on his own ship. I'm on my own, I'm on my own ship and we're kind of on this, this similar course, but he's going his own direction at times. I'm going my own direction, but he's got to be able to learn how to, to manage the seas on his own. And how old is Charles right now? He's almost to be 16. Got it. Yeah. So he just finished his freshman year of high school. Okay. And is he back with you or is he? Good question. So we had a, a big court battle that summer. So we had the, the fallout in the winter. That summer we had a court battle. And it was decided that if I moved here to Central Oregon, I would get half an, uh, 50-50 time with them and, and the terms that I was looking for in the parenting plan. So that decision was was made that we'd make them the move out to be closer to him. And it's been, it's been a good decision. And that was also leaving my job. Right. So it was mm-hmm. moving here to get Charles and leaving my teaching job all in one move. So I'm, I'm wondering, so Charles's mom 
and you are obviously not together. Are you are you guys Correct. cordial or anything or how how does that? Uh depends on the day. <laughs> no, like most of the time we get along, but yeah, it was um I would not be giving you an honest answer if I said it was just sunshine and rainbows with Charles' sure. mom. It's a challenging we we went in very different directions in our life yeah. and what works for her doesn't work for me. And at times, you know, Charles gets to kind of see these two sides. Um, so I can relate to the dad who's, oh, he goes to his mom's house and the mom lets him do whatever he wants. So he wants to be over there because he can stay up. And like, I can relate to that. I've had those, those times and those moments where like, oh, I'm the dad with the strict rules. So I get pushed to the side because I've got expectations that I'm not going to change. You know, I, I get that. Um, but I would say it's improving and that's something I have to improve is how do I now learn to communicate effectively with his mom? It's, it's yeah. the whole nother level. Yeah. I just wonder, yeah. How, how do you lead, you know, when, when the, the two leaders are together, right. And you may sure. be leading from different ships that, that creates a different challenge altogether. Right. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> maybe rival ships, right. Rival so. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, you have rival ships going in different directions. I think the important thing is, especially as Charles is older now, you know, when he was younger, I really tried to shelter him from a lot of the conflict and just kind of try to deal with it with his mom. And it's been easier as and as his communications improved as well. I can be candid with him and say, hey, here's the problem that your mom and I are having. Here's what's happening from my end. Here's what's happening from your mom's side. This is, and that that typically helps him kind of balance out and see what's best for himself. And especially now that he's, you know, he he's changed, he's evolved a lot to where he's, a year ago, he wasn't, exercising regularly and he wasn't really committed to school and didn't have much of direction. And now he's doing Muay Thai. He's got signed up for wrestling uh, for the winter. Um, mm. He's like lifting weights. He's like really into improving his like personal development. So that's great. He's in a whole new, a completely different space than he was a year ago. Uh, and I credit him for that uh, and his own individual choices in, in moving into a direction of growth. Uh, but when there's conflict, especially when it was younger, when he was younger, if I were to give some advice to dads that might be going through that struggle is just keep it in focus of what's best for the kid in this moment. Uh, and am I trying to make a point or am I trying to make a difference? And if I'd ever came to the point where I'm trying to make a point or I'm trying to, to win a battle for my own ego, I would let that go. But if it was the different, if it was going to be a big difference in Charles's life, like let's say if he was going to play football or not, and he wanted to play, especially, I mean, one of my expectations is that he's doing at least a sport a year, but it's something that he wants to do and he's committed to. I'm going to make sure that he's going to be getting to those practices, even if I have to go and pick him up from his mom's house and take him to practice. 
just identifying, all right, how big of a deal is this in the grand scheme is important. Because of the the scenario, you you've given him some really great tools to make a lot of to to be able to make good decisions or not, right? Like just to be able to think through some really tough decisions already in his life, right? And he he's had to make and clearly you've given him some tools to to help with that and and reflect on them and all of that. Do you do you find that that's starting to pay off now cuz you said like this year it, you know he he is exercising doing Muay Thai and wrestling and and uh and doing was he not doing this before and now it's like clicking and do you think Yeah. It's it, it is. It is and I see it too for the connection with my clients that you know with their with their kids but it's allowing our kids space to explore on their own and make their own decisions in yeah. school where I'll kind of, this is a good question. I'm going to kind of like circle back to uh, why that is in school. We're conditioned to be followers that in fact, for 18 years, we're expected to be a role character in another story. We mm-hmm. show up to school. You're in this class, you go to the next class and you're part of the process. You're part of this story that's unfolding. And then when you're 18, you're expected to make really good life decisions and have the skill sets to be able to manage yourself on your own. When you've been managed, like your whole time in school, you spend six hours a day being managed. And then if you, I mean, I love sports, but let's just say it's um, a team sport, which I love the sport of football, but even in football, there is a team. And then within that team, you have a role that you play. So we spend most of our time being a role character and then we hit 18 and we're expected to be the main character and be really good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So this kind of some of the, the things that we work on with dads who lead is helping dads guide kids to be the main character in their own story. Uh, Which at first you can imagine taking a role character and saying, okay, Robin, now you've got to be Batman. He's like, what? How do I do that? I'm used to just going along and riding shotgun and like there's a bad dude and I take him out. I don't have to like make the decisions of where we're going to go, if we're going to pursue it, like all the things that come along with that, right? So at first it's more work and it feels it feels maybe frustrating that you're not able to as a, a leader, create the outcome for your kids that you want as the wind. I got my garage door open, so I'm getting papers pushed through. (laughs) But in the end, now that he's sharpened those skills, I can trust that he's going to make decisions, good decisions when he's out on his own throughout his day. And I don't need to micromanage. How much time are you on your phone? Are you getting exercise? What's going on with your school? Because I'm entrusting with him that he's going to be able to do that effectively on his own. And he knows that at the subconscious level, by not taking care of that stuff on his own, that's going to affect my trust in him to be able to to have that freedom and that autonomy. So what are some of the techniques you use to, um, to kind of help your guide your kid from that role character to the main character? Mm, great question. How old, let me ask you this first, because this is an important piece. How old of a kid are you thinking of? 
Well, I was kind of thinking of your kid that age because that's what we were talking about. But um, sure. you can go anywhere you'd like. I mean, my my oldest is eight right now, so that's a completely different level. But um, so either one of those. Okay. Well, th- that's a great range. So let's start with the eight-year-old. Uh, so at eight, kids are moving out of this being a small, younger kid, preschool, like younger grade school where everything's very much laid out for them. And they're going into that phase where, okay, like I can do more things on my own. I can get dressed on my own. I can take my shower on my own. I can maybe even like cook some meals and start to learn what I need to do to be at that next level. So I use the analogy of um, the rings of independence or the layers of independence. So, okay, let me, let me take a step back and we'll tell, do, we'll do, I'll give you your audience the full lesson if you're good with that. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> so when Charles was going from fifth to sixth grade, he had a, uh, school that he was going to be going to because he was going into middle school that was four, four and a half miles from our house. And I knew that I didn't want to give him a ride every day to school. I wasn't going to, I mean, I could make it happen, but it was going to be significantly more work for me to give him a ride every day than if he was able to get on his bike and ride to the school on his own. Currently, summer of fifth grade, Charles' skill level on his bike is he knows how to ride his bike. He knows how to operate the gears. He knows how to brake, stop, get off, all those things. So there's always a level that our kids are at. And I say that's the center of the sphere of independence is wherever your kid's at right now in that task, whether it's riding your bike, cooking. And I think sometimes we complicate it too far where we say, ah, independence is being able to do everything on your own. But independence start was with being able to do one thing on your own, even for my young daughters, three-year-old. Can you put your socks on by yourself? Can you put your underwear on you by yourself? Go to the bathroom by yourself. Can, you know, all these smaller things that she's starting to be able to do on her own. I can do that myself, she'll say. Wherever you're at right now with your skills, what's the next layer out? So for Charles, what I did when he was going into sixth grade is we went, took the route from our house to the school. I led showed him the hand signals. We spent about three hours working on the skills that he needed to be able to go to the next layer out. I think often as parents, it's easy to look at, oh, they're X age, whatever age it is. They're not ready for that based on their age. Um, When really the age is, there's some maturity in their ability to develop the skills perhaps, but if we stop seeing it as an age limitation and start seeing it as a skill limitation. Okay. My daughter doesn't have the skill to make dinner on her own yet. That's something that I can start to teach her. Can you take a bowl? Can you take a bag of pasta and put it in a bowl? Okay. I can do that. Can you take boiling water or water in there and cook it? Okay. I can do that. Can you identify what the temperature is now? Can you put all three of those things together and one? Now, can you do that again with a vegetable? So coming back to the the story with the bike, 
by the end of this, by the time we hit school, Charles was able to ride his bike on his own. Now he's starting to develop that independence of I'm making the decisions, more decisions on my own because he had the skill. So when we stop looking at just do this on your own and we start looking at what are the skills they need to be able to do it on their own? I guess that would be the, the best way to answer that question. Does help, so, um, helping the kid with confidence come into play here at all as well? Because, you know, a lot of kids are like, oh, I can't do that. And it, there's just these limiting beliefs or fear sometimes mm. and, and what they can or can't do. And I, I don't know if that um, your coaching or your, your, your program kind of plays on that at all. Great question. This is actually, this is a really good question because it's something I see and I've seen on our retreats. So we do, do some father-son retreats where kids when they lack self-confidence it's our fault as dads and i'll explain how i mean that and that so- might sound really harsh say like, oh well, was it my fault all the other things that happened no it's our responsibility as dads and it's easier than we think uh are you all familiar with the term helicopter parent yes so the helicopter style is what are you doing? Do you have all the bat? Do you have all your pens in your backpack? Did you get your homework done? Did you, you know, like they're always checking in and making sure, and they love their kids and they want the best for them and they want the best results. But what happens when we're micromanaging our kids, they think, ah, uh, there's, there's two levels of it. One that shuts the all part of the brain that says, I'm looking out for myself getting this done. Somebody else is already going to check and like, oh, did I get my homework done? Somebody else is going to check and ask me. So I don't need to worry about it until they ask. So that whole side of independence is going to be affected. Let them get a bad. Oh, looks like you missed three homework assignments this month. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what do you need to do different? So that can be hard to let go of as a parent. Um, But what can happen other than somebody else is going to check and take care of it is the inner language, which I'm sure it's something you've covered on your show before for the kid becomes, well, my mom or my dad is asking me if I can get this done or if I have got this done or they've done it for me, I must not be competent to be able to do it on my own. I must not have the skills yet. I must not be good enough to do it on my own because somebody else is always checking with me to see if it's accomplished. So it's communicating to our kids when we're overly engaged in every task they're doing, that they don't have what it takes to do it on their own, that they don't have the confidence or the competence and it can affect their confidence. Yeah. I I can see that having teenage, two teenage girls, one, one in the uh well she's getting into high school but it's often when i ask her things she's in that age when i ask her if she's done this or that yeah she takes offense to it like hey what you don't think i could do it or you don't think i would why do you keep checking on me right yeah and so yeah that makes sense and what can happen is it can affect how we're perceived as dads because yeah. our our brand starts to be uh when you his when your name pops up on the phone, what is it that your kids are thinking of? It's like, oh, this dude, is it the, is it a police officer checking to see if I'm going to be home on time? Like, 
like every time we, we got to think about every time we ask our kids to do something that it's affecting how they perceive us as a leader. So what's the right way to go about it? You know, a, in, in both scenarios, one, if, if you know they're going to get it done, then that's kind of easy, right? Just, right. just stop checking on them, right? So what if they, if they don't get it done? You have, Luis, do you have a specific example of like, hey, you know, there's a task if they don't get it done? Yeah, I mean, homework. Uh, homework's a classic, right? Or chores mm. or, you know. Homework or chores. So what I would say... There, there's no right or wrong. Like every dad has to write their own style. And that's something that I encourage folks. And like, that's one of the sections in the book is developing your style as a dad, because it's not a dad's who lead is not a, Hey, this is how you have to do it. This is how you're going to raise your kids. It's for dads who understand the morals and values that they want for their kids. And they just need a, guide to help unlock that leadership, unlock it so that their kids are able to follow the the expectations that they have. Right. So I think chores is a great one because if it's their job to do the dishes and it's nine o'clock at night and everybody's going to bed and they're like, Oh, I forgot. I can do it now. Like, well, everybody's trying to go to sleep and you're clanging the dishes around. It doesn't work. Yeah. So with expectations, set it set them early especially with teenagers yeah and so the really there's a really powerful difference that happens when we set expectations early and that's expectations are at the top of the dad's lead pyramid so uh if you're doing all the others the other three steps really well it makes it easier if you're not doing any of it and it makes it super difficult Uh, but within this framework of our kids having more freedom if we set the expectation at the beginning of the night, or even like, Hey, when you're, it's your night for dishes. The expectation is that they're done within an hour of the completion of the meal. Now, as they're creating their plan, they can say, okay, I know I need to do dishes in this window. That means I have this window and this window that I need can manipulate and do what I need to do with, but I know I need to get dishes done. I know I need to get done at this specific time. Now it puts it as, as opposed to you've got to do it. You've got to do it now. And I don't understand why you haven't done it yet. Framing it early helps with that. And being like clear and specific with those expectations. If they're not met, that's like, okay, what is going to be the consequence? I did this with Charles, right? If you're late to class, you don't get your phone. You get like your phone. I'm taking it at like eight o'clock so that you can, so I know you're going to get a good night rest and be up in time for bed. Never's late to class. He does not want to get his phone taken away early, right? So having the expectations set, And then when something happens and it's not like, well, we said this was going to be the consequence, then there's not a lot of emotion attached to it. Uh, Because a lot of times it's not the consequence, it's the emotion that comes with the consequence where teenagers, there starts to be a lot of the friction. I don't know if that, does that answer the question? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. 
Well, I, I'm wondering, so those, like, uh, what about longer term consequences for like, you know, say, you know, we're, we're in our household, we're very big into, yeah, we, we show you, you know, kind of talk about consequences and we show you what you should do and all that. But then it's on you, mm. you know, you still got to do it. And we're, we let society and, and the consequences play out for themselves. So for example, you know, if you want to go to college, you got to get good, especially certain kind of, kind of colleges, you got to get really good grades all throughout. Right. And we drill that in the head. Well, but you know, you, you get a C in freshman year that rules you out of a lot of really good colleges from then on. Right. There's, mm. you, you're just not going to Stanford if you got a C freshman year. Right. It's just not going <laughs> to. Right. So what, um, and not, this isn't my household, but this is a world that, you know. I, mean, I think he's in Oregon, Doc, so he probably doesn't want his kid going to Stanford anyway. So oh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because we're not, we're not in the same, <laughs> we're not in the same conference anymore anyway. Oh, right. right. Well, you see what, <laughs> sorry. <Lee. laughs> there's a, the, you, you know what I'm saying though? The consequences are more long-term, right? And mm. how they can play out on certain things if you let them early on. So you want to guide them to a point, but you still want them to make an intrinsic decision that could impact the rest of their lives in a certain way, right? In the good way. And if it doesn't, yeah. then how does that go on? How do you correct the course kind of thing? And they have to you make these long-term decisions when they're kids. And I think that's the tough part, right? Because it's a, it, I think it's a fine line between, yeah, you want to give the freedom to be their own main character, it, yeah. but then you also have these expectations and, and that which, you know, you have to figure out how to draw a line on, on where, you're going to allow the freedom versus where you're going to be, you know, not necessarily a helicopter parent, but, but yeah. really guide them on your expectations and make sure they're doing this and they can be free over here, but you have to do this to meet these expectations. I mean, Thomas, do you have any, like, I don't know, guidance on, on how to draw those lines or is it just trial mm -hmm. and error? I think, you know, every parent has their own set of values and their own line of like, hey, you need to maintain like for some parents like, hey, pass every class. And depending on the kid, like there there are times where it's pass every class or pat, you know, if you're getting a C and PE, that's a problem, right? Like what what's happening there? Uh, and other times, like you get a piece, got to get a, like you got to decide what the line is and based on your 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 kid's skill level. If we're talking to specifically the grade analogy, and I would also always keep in focus and perspective, what's the cost? Like for me, I was not going, I, I got good grades in high school. I think I finished with like a three, five, right. But I got plenty of these, but also what's the cost to their childhood? If you, are you mortgaging out their childhood to say, mm. you need to, to stay like, burn the midnight oil and find a way to get this a in chemistry. Right. So I think that's, that's the cost that you got to figure out of what else is in their heart that they want to explore and do because the skill sets that are going to make kids happy in the long term in their life. This is from being a teacher are not the skill sets that are learning in school. So giving the freedom for them to explore something, whether it's a sport, music, giving them freedom to explore and write their own story, 
And what's the right amount of space for you as a dad to give that freedom? What about from the dad's point of view? Like the dad screwed up, right? Because you're you're coaching dads here. So so something along the way screwed up, uh, you know, as wasn't a good example, you know, something like that. How how does he get back his credibility as a leader? Okay, so you yell, you swear, you um, make a bad decision. Yeah. First thing, it's the foundation is ownership. Sure. All right. So if we can take ownership over our mistake, it makes such a difference. Um, and, and that's, it can be hard to do because as parents, we're so much like, hey, I'm trying to get you to do something. And when we look in the mirror and say, well, I didn't do, I didn't set a good example for you in this circumstance. There was a time where, I wasn't home and my, my wife and my son got in an argument. So it's his stepmom. I got back from it. And I was like, you know, I got to take responsibility for what happened. And he was like, what? No, you weren't there. How are you, How is it that you're, cause he, he didn't want to take ownership for his side. I'm like, well, I didn't put you guys, I didn't give you guys the skills you needed to be able to manage a simple argument, a simple disagreement without me there. And that's on me as a leader. And so that just put him kind of flat footed, like shit. My dad's taking responsibility for an argument that he wasn't even there for. So the more ownership, I mean, you, your example is more if we mess up, but, but having that frame, whether it's we're there, we're not there. We take responsibility for what happens over time. Our kids start to, to model that same, like, I've got to take ownership over what has happened. Um, and if they're taking ownership over their own results, that's going to fix 80% of problems. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, that does. That's yeah. great. And, and I guess that would apply at any level, right, of where we screw up. So Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And they'll respect it. It just makes you a more interesting character. Sure. Yeah. So honestly, man, we could probably keep diving into this being, you know, three dads talking about all the mistakes we've made over the years, but we're kind (laughs) of getting to the point in the show where it's time to jump into our world famous Wayfinder 4. You ready for four questions? Let's go. All right, man. So first question, what is a hack uh, you use in your daily life? So it could be an app or just a routine or or something you do every day to, to cheat life. I don't know if I'd call it a hack, but jujitsu, I said, yeah. I mean, I, when I was teaching, I was moving around all the time. I was real. I mean, I did jujitsu then as well, uh, but it was real natural. My body likes being on my feet all day. Um, but now a lot of like doing these meetings and doing calls with clients and things I'm, I'm sitting down. So um, doing jujitsu puts me back in that frame of the very, I mean, it's something that Pete, like men have been doing wrestling for like thousands of generations. It kind of put me more into that primal space of um, into my masculine energy in a good, a really positive way. So jujitsu is a big hack for me. Were you, were you doing that for a long time or did you just recently get into it? Just curious. Oh, I started wrestling when I was 17. So jujitsu and wrestling, they're both grappling yeah. martial arts. Right. Uh, 
and I've been doing it off and on since then, but like consistently, if I haven't been coaching wrestling, I've been doing jujitsu for at least the last three years, uh, but it was off and on for through, through my twenties. So give us a favorite, like uh, that could be a book, movie, play, something you like, just like to do. Oh, a favorite. My favorite yeah. movie, because everybody talks about books on these. I I, bar- I rarely watch movies. You got to know this about me. I've got about five movies that I actually watch. Okay, so if I'm going to watch a movie, it's probably going to be one of the, unless one of my daughters or something talks me into something. Um, and my <laughs> all-time favorite is the movie Fight Club. Huh. And I love Fight Club because it's a journey. If you haven't seen it, I won't I won't ruin the like spoil the film, but essentially it's a contrast of the man who the, the main character currently is and the man that he wants to be and having clarity on what that is and how to go out and take it. I, I haven't it's been years since I've seen that. I'm gonna have to check that out again. Oh um, yeah. Uh, you catch new stuff every time right i'm sure all right now what is a piece of advice you would give your 25 year old self i'm going to be completely honest with you on this it has nothing to do with what we've talked about on this episode Uh, i would say build high income skills soon as possible Hmm. closing copywriting um, marketing those are the things it doesn't matter what we do in life if we're going to be our own if we're going to direct ourselves and our own story and you want to be be your own, i don't consider myself my own boss i consider jesus my boss um but if we want to take that level of ownership you can be great at, i could be a great pe teacher i can be a great coach i can be a great speaker i could be a great author but if i don't have that front end to be able to help people like find out about me and start the process. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, so having those skills, like if I would have had those skills at 25 and been like, if, if from 25 to 28, I was really just focusing on developing that, like it sounds salesy, right. But like the conversion skill of helping people find me to helping people get across the finish line, trusting themselves. I'm like, yes, I want, this is a process I want to do. That's been most of my, my last couple of years has been learning a lot of time, learning those skills. What is it that you think keeps people from being happy? Understanding what they want for themselves. We're conditioned to be the role character in our story and people don't have the practice of being the main character. And when they get freedom with that freedom, often they choose to sit behind a screen as opposed to going out and creating themselves into somebody who they love. And that's really loved by others. Yeah. Or chasing somebody else's dream or some dream that's been been put upon them. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, Looking at like, oh, well, my kids, I want my kids to do awesome things. And I want to guide them towards making these good decisions. But that's still not, that's not yourself. You're, you're living through your kids as opposed to guiding them in how to make that story. 
yourself. Because I think a lot of us, if you're listening to the show, you're already into personal development. We know the actions to take. The challenge becomes becoming the person that does them. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, like you talked about the whole episode. I mean, I think the best way to get your kids to to live a badass life is to have them watch you live a badass life, right? Yes, absolutely. Cool, man. So, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, For anybody out there that wants to follow along, get your book, where do you want to direct them to? You go to dadswholead.com. I have a free leadership quiz. And there are three different leadership styles. And once you've understood what your style is, you can know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and it really helps can give clarity. So that's kind of my gift to help uh, help you in your journey. It'll also get you networked into podcasts, get you networked in if you if you want to get the book. I'll be doing launching. Uh, I don't know, but probably by the time this podcast is coming out, all I've launched presale for that book. So um, that's the best place to go is dadsulead.com. Great. And so there you, you said you got a book coming. You also do in retreats so they can get information on all of that there as well. Yeah. So we do and retreats, which is the father son. That, that's pretty limited. Um, so if you're interested in that, let me know. Uh, your son needs to be at least 12. Uh, and then coaching is one-on-one. I've got a few openings for that. And then the, the group, the group program is called the dad's elite inner circle. And we have like tactical people come in and talk about something like Preparing for an emergency, uh, fishing, uh, how to do like travel hacks, like all this, a lot of the tactical skills that we need to be good at as dads. Mm. I get the best people that I can find from around the country and I bring them to one spot um, for, for dads that are, are looking for that in that community. Nice. All right. Well, thank you, Thomas. It's been a real pleasure. Obviously, uh, this is a topic that's really important to us. We're in different stages. I, I actually, one quick question about the retreat. You, you said father, yeah. son. Uh, A father daughter is allowed to go to that or is it just father son? Just father sons at this point. Yeah. No, uh, if you got to say something about that, go, please do. Oh yeah. I just, at this point where we're at, I'm just doing father, father, son, just with the, um, there's just more issues that come up when we, we like start mixing genders, uh, especially with teenagers. So just keeping it with father son. (laughs) That makes makes sense. sense. Yeah. Although now that you have a girl, I'm sure you'll be developing that program pretty soon. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, again, thank you so much. This is a topic that's near and dear to our hearts and, and, um, yeah. and, and it's necessary. I think, you know, uh, fathers in particular, you know, we, there's no training for us out there. We just expected to go out there and, and, you know, provide and be great caretakers and, and, and raise great kids, but there's, there's no, you know, we don't really know how to do that. So your guidance is, is really important in society. So thanks for, doing what you do absolutely appreciate being on the show thank you yeah thank you you. we hope you've enjoyed the wayfinder show if you got value from this episode please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review this will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives we'll catch you on the next episode